Welcome to the Solid Verbal. The Solid Verbal. Come after me! I'm a man! I'm 40! I've heard so many players say, well, I want to be happy. You want to be happy for a day? Eat a steak. It's that woo-woo! And now, Dan and Ty. All right, boys and girls, welcome back to the Solid Verbal Q&A. Is that what we're calling this, Dan? We're calling the Q&A. Can you lower your, your laptop a little bit? You want me to like you have too of, much headroom. You're not you're not headroom. that short of a guy. Yeah, like yeah. Now let's see. Better. It's a little bit. If you sit up straight, I would go even lower. You want me to go even sit lower? Back, yeah, go a little bit lower. How about that? Oh, that's solid. Oh my that's god, I look like, like Paul Bunyan. That's a power move right there. Uh, Ty, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm still trying to figure out how this whole Google Hangout thing works. Right. We had some technical difficulties, but uh, I think we're in good working order now. So. Explain to the fine folks exactly what we did here and what exactly the Solid Verbal Q&A is. Solid Verbal Q&A is we do shows during the season. Where's my mouse? There's my mouse. We do shows during the season in which we review games that have already happened and preview games that are yet to happen. And it takes so long, rightfully so, there are a lot of games and a lot of things to talk about that we miss speaking to each other about the issues that arise during the season and or non-college football stuff that we enjoy talking about. We like looking at each other. And uh, this gives us time for more, as they say in the industry, engagement. Engagement. Interaction. Yeah. So, yeah, we really miss answering questions poorly. So why (laughs) not do it in a visual way? Because, damn it, Ty, you're great looking. Thank you, Dan. And you are as well. So here's, here's a fun fact. Yeah. But a lot of people don't know, actually. So people ask us all the time, how do you record? Mm-hmm. You use, uh, of course, we use Skype and, and all sorts of other stuff, and we don't need to get into that here. Yeah. But one fun fact, you and I, when we record, we never use the video component of Skype. It's this always is true. audio only, and we have our reasons for doing that. But um, that's a little fun fact, a little, little nugget for all yeah. y'all. I mean, I like to. I love how you pronounce "ya all." Thank you. Thank um, you. I'm gonna continue doing that. I'm, look, I'm looking at numbers. I'm looking at scores and stories. Like, there's no excitement to looking at either one of us while we're recording. It's it's no. just the facts, um, facts that are strange sometimes, like how we feel about pants. But yeah. um, I feel like we've explained ourselves. This is the camera. This is the, the microphone I use. It's sort of when you look really closely, if you're watching this and not listening, yeah. it looks like a very ribbed sex toy, right? It, either that or like a futuristic all white lightsaber. Right? It, it, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty happy as no, using good. it just as a microphone, and that's good. <laughs> um, you want to answer some questions, Ty? Oh, what are you drinking? You're drinking. Yeah, I, so I am drinking a winter – by the way, I don't know if this camera is switching automatically, so I'm going to continue to do it if you see me reaching up there. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm using uh, – using. I am drinking a Lancaster Brewing winter warmer ale. I was in the in the checkout line at Wegmans yesterday, mm-hmm. and I saw this tenacious wolf staring I'm me I'm assuming down. wearing sunglasses because, come on, everybody needs their privacy. Well, right, a trench coat and the hat and uh-huh. you know the glasses to conceal my identity, mm-hmm. but – I saw this wolf with its yellow eyes piercing into my, into my body, through into my soul, and decided I'd pick up a sixer of that. So we're giving it a try. Thus yep. far, the, uh, the first sips have been pretty good, and it says here that it benefits the wolf, Sanctuary of Pennsylvania. So I'm, I am drinking and I am giving back to charity at the same time. In honor of Thai, I have decided today to drink Singha Thai beer. 
<laughs> it is Thai beer. So I'm loyal. You just have that at the ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. I dig. We've got a lot of interesting beer here. It. I mean, that's why I don't make any money. Right. It all, it all goes to the beer. All right. <laughs> so Questions. you are going to be not drunk, and I might be a little bit drunk by the time we're finished here. What teams? This comes from Matthew Atkinson. Which teams have been the biggest surprises this season and the biggest disappointments? Oklahoma. Disappointment? Yeah. I'd say so. I think that's relatively fair to say, considering how they finished last season and what they brought back. Of course, they do did lose a little bit on defense to suspension with Frank Shannon, but yeah. I would say Oklahoma is one of the disappointments. I would still say I would classify Florida as one of the disappointments. Even though our expectations were lower for, for Will Muschamp as a head coach, I think that's probably fair to say. Um, any other disappointments that stand out to you? I'm a little bit disappointed in UCLA. They've been playing better as of late, but I figure that they would have been more competitive against teams like Colorado. Yeah, than okay. Actually, were defensively. Um, Texas, maybe, so, maybe a little. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say maybe Texas, but how about Texas A&M? Because Texas A&M was a team really highly ranked. Um, I think everyone's expectations. Hold, hold on, everyone's expectations for A&M were across the map. At the start right. of the season, because of course they lose Johnny Manziel. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. But certainly from week one on, they've been a disappointment. They came in, beat South Carolina, killed South Carolina in the opening week of the season. From that point forward, it's really been sort of a downward spiral for the Aggies. And of course, until they beat Auburn last weekend, um, can you throw can you throw Auburn in the disappointment category too? No, I don't think so. Um, they they suffered a couple injuries. They should be better on defense. If they had Carl Lawson, I I think it, that's sort of a difference maker. Um, okay. Texas Tech maybe they finished mm. the season strong, just killing ASU in the Holiday Bowl. But yeah. I don't think that's, they lost so much on defense. Um, and the final disappointment. I mean, and oh, my rebuttal too about Texas A&M. If you spoke to people that knew what they were talking about, which I clearly do not put myself in that barrel. Uh, you know, our that. friends at our friends at Good Bull Hunting sort of figured seven and five, eight and four was realistic for Texas A&M. So I feel like they're probably right about where they should be. Uh, surprises in a good way. Surprises in a good way. I'm still going to stay Mississippi State because I did not oh, believe yeah. in Mississippi State. I did not believe in Dak Prescott. We heard the hype since the middle portion of last year. Mm-hmm. I didn't buy in. So the fact that they are currently the number one team in the country, one of a handful of undefeated teams to me, that is still uh, uh, it's kind of a surprise, even though I'm buying in now. I would throw Mississippi State in there, clearly at the, at the top of the list. At the list. Uh, TCU obviously, obviously has been really, really solid. I would go a little bit more granular with that and say, in particular, Trevon Boykin yes. has been a bit of a surprise, as we said on the show on Sunday. You, just, you talk to people before the season, they didn't know what to expect out of Trevon Boykin in the system at TCU, so he has been – Really, really solid, really, really efficient. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, TCU, I think, falls into that category. They have definitely ascended their way uh, nicely into the top echelon of the Big 12. What about Utah, Dan? Yeah, I think Utah's a very nice surprise. Um, they have been in every single game. Their one early loss to Washington State was a bummer because they were up 20 in that game. Um, but they've been – they beat the crap out of everybody, win or lose – you are walking away from that game and their awful, awful maintained field in a worse position. And 
that is it, the the front four and an under recruited front four as good as any front perhaps in the country with how well they can get to the quarterback yeah utah i think think about a ranked team where you have zero faith in the quarterback yeah there's not a ton of that no. there's not that's not a thing that you see across i mean there's there are teams like wisconsin where yeah joel stava is pretty terrible the hit combo of him and mcavoy um but other than teams like that it's it's real rough sledding to to actually be consistently a top 20 team without a quarterback so yes i would i would include that next question yes go ahead this comes from jamie o'neill if amir abdullah makes dan want to be a better person what does everett golson inspire him to do you know what it inspires me to do it inspires me to look around and sort of appreciate everything that I have and think that, you know what, somewhere, somebody else, no matter how down I get, might have it worse and to appreciate what I have. I'm sorry, I missed everything you said because I was chugging my beer after someone mentioned Everett Golson's name. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, next question. Hold on, let me, let, me, Please. let me jump in here for a second. I got a tweet after our Sunday show Mm -mm. from someone who claimed that this Notre Dame team, or specifically this Notre Dame game, Everett Golson, on Saturday had finally broken me. Like, for good, broken me. Uh, it's, I don't uh, think it's completely wrong. I'm like 85% broken, Dan. Yeah, I was going to say, this. it's not a completely inaccurate thing to say. I'm I'm honestly like 85% of the way there. So um, whoever wrote that in, it was it was a Notre Dame fan. You you aren't right. too far off. Um, Everett Golson, yeah. Let's let's just move on. That's a great idea. You know, and I will say this as well about Notre Dame. Even though they haven't beaten anybody of big substance or anything like that, considering they have a quarterback who turns the ball over all the time, considering the suspensions at the beginning of the season, and considering who they lost last season, it's kind of a miracle that they didn't lose to somebody dumb, right? Well, there's still time, Dan. <laughs> I know there's still time, but I'm saying there's thus still far, time. into November, that there yeah. hasn't been that Tulsa game. Yeah, well, you know. It, that's it, a, that's almost, a tiny victory. It was almost the Navy game, but we'll, we'll leave it at that. This comes, to our, this comes from our friend Miller, who I believe is a, a social media whiz. Yeah. Um, what is your worst reaction to your team's performance in a game they ultimately won? He asks that as a Clemson fan, having watched their game against Wake Forest. What is there a Notre Dame game? Actually, I'm going to rephrase this because that's actually maybe the worst college football fan, the pissed off winner. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. That's Michigan right there. I know this because I am he. Yeah, I am him. I've I am somebody who walks away from like a forty-two twenty-eight Oregon win, saying special teams. Yeah, am I right? Stay You're Nick Saban. You're Nick Saban. Yes. Yeah, and that's awful. So, what is your worst loss experience? What is your your sorest losing game or couple two or three games that you remember as a fan? Okay. Well, there is one in particular. Mm. I was up at Penn State. I believe the year was two thousand five. I was up for a football weekend. And for those who know Penn State, there's a really old bar off a side road along College Avenue, the okay. Rathskeller. And we were in there. It was a Brady Quinn game. It was, I believe, the first game of the year. Notre Dame was up against BYU, I think, on the road. And they just played a horrible, like, just a horribly shitty game, Dan. It was, okay. it, from the get-go, you just knew it wasn't going to end up well. Mm -hmm. And Notre Dame ended up losing that game. I think Brady Quinn had like a, a critical pick in like the fourth quarter. So there I am in the middle of this old dingy 
sort of dive bar in the middle of state college. Right. All my friends are around me completely packed because it's one of the more popular bars there and everyone's in town for a football weekend. And at the time I still remember I had one of those LG kind of flimsy silver flip phones, like flip yep. phones were big back then mm-hmm. in the middle of the bar. There I am. I jump up as high as I can, like my 22 inch vertical leap, jump up, reach my hand to the heavens with the phone in it, jump mm-hmm. down and spike the phone to the ground into a million pieces. And it was, it was truly like that scene. How much in, had you, how much had you drunk at this point? Enough to want to spike my phone down and sure. make it inoperable. Yeah. Um, but at that point in time, it's like every scene from every movie where someone from out of town is there and everyone knows it. Yeah. It's like, you can hear the record scratch and the bar goes <laughs> as everyone just sort of looks down at my phone in a million pieces mm-hmm. on the cement floor in the Raskeller. Notre Dame lost that game. Uh, Brady Quinn went on to be a pretty decent college quarterback, but um, not a good way to start that. I believe 2005 season. I could be wrong on the year, but um, okay. without question, that's 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 the experience for me. I think the lowest of the low for me is 2007, which was perhaps the most dominant stretch Oregon has had as a team. The first yeah. seven or eight games, Chip Kelly's first season, blowing out everybody. They go to Michigan, they kill them. They're just they're laying waste to Washington. They're getting hurt along the way. The it wasn't the loss in which Dennis Dixon got hurt at Arizona when he tore his ACL or retore or whatever. Finally tore his ACL. That was one of those things. Where like he seems hurt, and then he ran in the touchdown. Whatever he gets hurt, he's done. He's done for the season. I had tickets to go to the game. I believe the following week. I don't have the schedule in front of me. The the Oregon UCLA game at UCLA. I go with friends. I go with my now ex girlfriend, and Oregon's down till at this point because Brady Leaf had also gotten hurt. Brady Leaf. <laughs> I was yearning for the days of the ability to play Brady Leaf. Cody yeah. kept. Maybe, and he could be the a very nice gentleman, but maybe the least talented Oregon Duck quarterback to ever suit up in the green and yellow and whatever other colors. Uh, they played against UCLA. I don't think they have eventually even scored a point. They were so beat up. It was basically just Jonathan Stewart and people wearing Oregon uniforms. And it was the most demoralizing. It was, it was a bad UCLA team playing against a once great Oregon team fielding garbage mostly. And it was impossible to watch. And it, the game felt like it lasted for 17 hours. Yeah. And my now ex-girlfriend kept bugging me to leave. It's over. The game's over. They're terrible. They're terrible. They're terrible. I knew they were terrible. Yeah. I don't like hearing it like this. And so I sort of lost my shit. Um, <laughs> I didn't yell at her. I just, I was like, I know, I know. And it was, it was impossible. I have I have I one low. I have one other one that I'll mention quickly, and then we'll move on to a question here from a gentleman by the name of Walker. Yeah. Um, I was up for another Penn State game, and mm. this this was the Notre Dame versus Michigan Tate four CA game. Okay. Remember the Tate four or one of the Tate four CA games? Yeah. Remember he kept he, that, uh, Michigan's like, why don't we run a draw against Notre Dame? They'll never yeah. see it coming, and they right. never did. Never saw it coming. So, um, I was up at I was staying at a friend's step-parents house mm-hmm. or his father's house and his stepmother's house and i was watching the notre dame michigan game big screen tv mm-hmm. and the whole family had like assembled in the den or the living room to watch this game with us right. because we, we all had a few drinks it was a lot of fun we had just come for the penn state game notre dame was on a little bit later sure and 
I was so God, I can't believe I'm admitting this. Do it. I was so worked up over this game that as everyone sat around me, elevated on couches, I was there in front of the TV like a four-year-old on all fours, pounding on the ground like this. <laughs> Because Notre Dame was about to lose this game against Michigan. And to this day, I've never been invited back. Sure, you shouldn't <laughs> um, be. And to this day, I'm told that the, the stepmother still fears uh, my wrath when it comes Rightfully to so. uh, all things Notre Dame. Yeah, all things Notre Dame, Michigan, or just Notre Dame in general. So anyway, let's move on. Our friend Walker says, Dan and Ty, with the sort of maturation, sort of, of Tyrone Swoops, the continued solid play of the Texas defense, and it seems like Charlie Strong has stopped kicking guys off the team. Do you feel like the Longhorns could ugly it up and get a stunning victory over TCU later this month? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Their defense isn't bad. They are quietly getting better. Uh, they certainly have the talent at different offensive spots. John Harris, Jonathan Gray, Malcolm Brown, guys of that ilk defensively, I don't feel like they have the depth to really challenge TCU for an entire game. But we've seen strange things happen. I, I, the thing is in Austin, right? Yeah, that's in Austin. Um, yeah, I would venture to say that there's a chance. I don't believe it'll happen, but we just saw Texas beat a pretty good West Virginia team that TCU struggled with. So it's yeah. certainly not outside of the Venn diagram of possibilities. Next question, unless you have anything yeah. to add. Yeah, let me just add one other thing. The reason I would say, so yeah, they, Texas is good enough defensively to muddy it up. All right. They're good enough to play like an LSU yeah. kind of a game and try and try and muddy it up and give themselves. Yeah, they've got the stable of running backs. Yeah. But here's the thing about TCU. TCU really hasn't had a blip on the radar. They had that near miss against Baylor and they had a tough game against West Virginia, but West Virginia is a good team. Yeah. I guess the team that TCU should handed, handily beat. Mm-hmm. They've been pretty damn good. There, there hasn't really been much there to make you think they might have some sort of mental lapse. So I don't, I don't necessarily buy in on them losing that game. Although I do think Texas could make it ugly early before TCU runs away with it. Yeah, Texas better get an awesome performance from its offensive line. No turnovers, yeah. great offensive line performance. Uh, Matthew Warmington is asking about Taylor Swift because her <laughs> little brother goes to Notre Dame and whether the Irish could play this up to their own recruiting advantage doesn't mean more than 17 or 18-year-olds relating to Matthew McConaughey at Texas or Snoop at USC and in the Coliseum. I don't know the answer to that, so I'm going to ask you this question. Did you see the Blank Space video? I, I watched the Blank Space video at 5.30 this morning. <laughs> okay. Your thoughts? I wake up early. Yeah, you do. Um, I thought it was dig, brilliant. Kind of digging Crazy Taylor. I'm all about Crazy Taylor. All about Crazy Taylor. The, my only, my one complaint is this. There, there's one thing that took me out of the video. She does a lot of axing and golf club smashing of, of paintings and cars. Yeah. Headlights. She swings like somebody that's never swung anything in her life so her athleticism at her destructive athleticism is one star not rated rivals is projecting her fcs at best i just don't it, it took me out of it she looks like she's 6'4 95 and it's tough for me for, to believe that she really has the the momentum necessary to be destructive Here's what I liked about the video. What I like about the video mm -hmm. is that I actually understood it. You related to it. I, I really, well, I didn't, <laughs> thankfully I didn't relate to it. 
Right. But I, I understood what she was going for with the video. Because yeah. a lot of times, you know, like you could watch, I pick any video for what it's worth. You know, pick a Lady Gaga video if you ever want sure. to go down that rabbit hole. Right. Try to understand, like, what in the song would cause them to make a video with that theme. And right. more often well, she's, than not, she's getting very self-aware. No, I, I get it. I get it. But I'm saying oftentimes whatever they're doing in the video is so far removed from, from the actual lyrics in the song. True. That even though it's a work of art, it's hard for me to appreciate. So at least, right. at least the Blank Space video, um, I, I sort of – I could follow along. She with acted the out every word. She acted out every – she yeah. looked great. The video looked great. It was fantastic. Next question. Yes. This is from Christopher Bowie. What changes to the Pac-12 network do you think needs to happen to stay competitive in the modern TV landscape? Um, they're going to need to grow the fan base of their teams. The actual network programming itself, it seems pretty good. I haven't watched a ton of it outside of games and shows about games, but it seems pretty decent. I wish they would take more chances because too many networks try to do like B minus C plus versions of ESPN instead of trying to carve out their own way to do sports television. But I generally like the personalities. It's Mike Yam, Yogi Roth. New Heisel's yeah. very good on TV. They, yeah. I just feel like everybody's got that stupid spaceship set and think a little bit harder. Take chances. I don't feel like they're taking a ton of chances. I'm going to put on my hat, actually. You're put, you have a hat? Hey, I've, got, I've got headwear somewhere here. There we go. I got my now, hat. Now, now let me ask you a question. It's very simple. Yeah. What is that? Oh, it's uh, Oregon. Well, it's an Oregon headband around the brim of the hat. Um, see, the problem is we need to make this show visual. You are sitting in what appears to be your bedroom. I'm sitting yeah. in a terrible, terrible room at SB Nation. There, there are two Dan Rubensteins in that room. Yeah, I mean, I you know, you have to spice it up. So this is the straw hat I wore at Jazz Fest in New Orleans. Okay. And uh, it kept the sun out of my eyes. Am I wearing it backwards? Yes, I am. So there can... we go. I could try to point out the uh, the background here. Why is there a horse there? Looks like Mr. Oates from the OC. Uh, the horse is named Petros. Okay. They're named Petros, not after Petros. Papadakis. Papadakis. No, it's uh, that's Petros the horse. All right. We've got we've got a helmet up here. That's a Jerome Bettis autograph. Oh, look at you. Ironically, on the other side, it's Paul Horning. Okay. Um, there are a number of reasons why that's ironic. Neither yeah. of uh, none of which I will go into here. We've also got a uh, an autographed baseball. I don't know if you can see the bobblehead. I won that in the fantasy football league in 2012. Nice. So this is, yeah, we've got heirlooms here. Is what I think I'm trying to say. Um, he asked second, another question about the Pac-12. Second part, or not about uh, the Pac-12. Just in general, best meat to put inside a quesadilla. Is that a euphemism, sir? Mm. Is it? Um, and red or green sauce. I think I used to say the best meat would be chicken, but. I'm going to chicken. Um, I'm going to say like some sort of spicy pork quesadillas are really, really good. They're, they're juicy enough where you get the quesadilla all greasy. It's, it's pretty great. It's a, it's a moister meat. And um, I'm staying with spicy pork as my meat of choice. And I, if you had asked me this 10 years ago, I would have said red sauce. I'm a green sauce man. I appreciate the tang. All right. I have, I have a, a follow-up question here. Mm-hmm. Talked about this when we got back from Mexico, when I got back from Mexico. Yeah. Traditionally, mm -hmm. is the red or is the green the hotter sauce? Spicier sauce. Um, 
I, I would say the red. I think there are a number of hotter chilies that are in some sort of reddish orange hue. Whereas the green, you're talking about a poblano, a serrano, a jalapeno, which are they have some heat. Um, but I think typically the the darker chilies, you'll find a lot more heat there. That's what I found when I was down in Mexico. Yeah. Yes, uh, I did appreciate the red sauce. The red sauce, you know, depending on how deep a color of red it was. Sure. You know, it kind of gave you cause for pause, but, um, okay. So related saying, question. Yeah. Related question. What is the maximum number of months Dan would forego eating Mexican food? If it meant Braxton Miller were to transfer Ooh. to Oregon next Ooh. season. Zero. Yeah. Zero months. Not worth it. Mexican food's too important. Oregon has developed too many quarterbacks. It'd be fantastic. You're already seeing Urban Meyer has already started answering questions about the situation next season where he may have two very, very good quarterbacks, which, by the way, not unlike the situation that they had last season with Kenny Guyton and Braxton Miller, but Guyton was a senior and Miller had some time. Um, If it is a competition and if it just happens to like if it becomes a scenario at the end of next August, Urban Meyer says, well, we have two great quarterbacks. We're going to play two great quarterbacks. You know, JT is going to start, but Braxton's going to come in, or Braxton's going to – he's going to lose a quarterback, it feels like. Yeah. Well, I don't, and, I don't and, think and it'll get to fall camp. Here's the thing, too. We had a few people write in and say, well, look at Florida under Urban Meyer when they won a national championship. They had two quarterbacks, too. Well, yeah, they had Chris Leak and Tim Tebow. Uh, those were different quarterbacks. Tim Tebow yeah. was a bull in a china shop. Yeah. And he was inherently very, very different from the other the other option. Mm-hmm. Braxton Miller, JT Barrett, kind of the same player. Kind of the same player at this Similar. point. Similar. You know, and, and it was right on cue that all of a sudden we'd see some of these headlines about, oh, Urban Meyer is, is singing the praises of having two great quarterbacks. I just – it's a great situation until one of the two quarterbacks gets – disgruntled that he isn't playing. Go down. So I, w- I want to see what happens there. I'm not convinced either of them transfer next season. I don't think that's going to happen, but I'm very curious to see how Urban Meyer keeps them both happy enough to keep them at Ohio State. True. All right. Next question. We've touched on this before, but one lost Baylor. This comes from our friend Michael Franco versus one lost TCU. If there were more college football games to be played overseas, unrelated, like Notre Dame this year, and you were in charge, which and which, where and which teams would you schedule? Obviously, other than Fordham and Bucknell, in the Tokyo Dome. Sure. Uh, so, first question: If Taylor and Taylor, if TCU and Baylor went out, that's that's very difficult for me. TCU doesn't have much left on their schedule. Baylor has Kansas State. Because they didn't not because one team didn't separate themselves from the head-to-head matchup, TC looked fantastic on the road at Baylor, only losing by three. I'm I'm very close to calling that a wash. Also, I would I would weigh the fact that TCU will have played against one more real team. They will have played ten total real teams, playing Minnesota, a team that's competing in a bowl team in the Big Ten. Granted, the Big Ten, and whereas Baylor scheduled nobody, and. If Baylor struggles with Kansas State to a higher degree, we saw Baylor blow out a team that TCU did not blow out in Oklahoma. I I can be swayed. Depending on what Minnesota finishes the season with, I can if if the numbers are indicating something, if Baylor I mean Baylor struggled with a couple of average teams in Iowa State and Texas. So, I'm listening. 
I'm willing to compare and select TCU over Baylor, but it's very difficult for me to do so. I feel better personally about Baylor. Or excuse me, I feel better personally about TCU because they yeah. beat, um, you know, they, they, they've beaten everyone on their schedule with the exception of Baylor, and they could have beaten Baylor. They probably should have beaten Baylor. Yeah. I've liked TCU from the very beginning. Baylor is a team I'm still skeptical about. However, after that game against Oklahoma 48-14 this past weekend, it's 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 tougher to be skeptical about the Bears uh, than it was, you know, two weeks ago. I would still probably give the nod to, uh, to TCU. Mm-hmm. My greater interest here is his second part of the question. Yeah, what city do you think would be the best host? Because I just the the UK, it just feels so played out and boring. What city that was that's different enough? Because we still have English speakers, we still have a number of expats there. What city do you feel like would be exciting and would embrace the sort of madness of a great college football game, like an LSU Auburn type game? I feel like a game in Mexico City would be freaking nuts. It would be pretty nuts. That would be nuts, like a 100,000-seat stadium. Mm-hmm. Uh, and here's the thing about college football. It's so regional, so, so regional. You know, right. It's not like the NFL where you have this multi-billion-dollar parent organization mm-hmm. driving this, trying to globalize brands. You right. don't have that with college, and it is so, so regional that – it definitely does not have the global recognition of like the Dallas Cowboys. Even if, right. even if you're like Alabama, no one cares about the Alabama Crimson Tide overseas. I'm sort of anti overseas games in general. Yeah. I don't think maybe Notre Dame because they have the Irish aspect to their name has a bit of an appeal. I'm sure you could find a couple other teams that have some international appeal. Yeah. Beyond that though, I kind of think you're grasping at straws. I think the reason that a team like a Penn State wants to do it, obviously, is because they didn't think they could go to a bowl game. Beyond that, though, I don't necessarily think it's that great an idea. No, I think it's terrible. It was your team out of rhythm. I don't think international fans care. I could be wrong about that. It doesn't feel like they do. I, I think it's a bad idea in general, and if there were a way to get rid of it, you know, international people can watch the games if they want However, right. <laughs> through the internet, but I, to me, there's no point to doing it. Just let the guys hear. My answer is Turkey. Just because I want to see, I want to see flares. And because it's named after a food. Well, yeah, well, I think the tailgate, the food would be great. I think the tailgating would be, people would be angry. People would have giant flags. Um, I want people to not get hurt and stay safe. But I think that is something that would okay. put the proper perspective into college football. Next question. Um, this comes from either Kate or Tyler or Tyler Nelson, Bizarro Tyler. With this yes. being a visual medium, can, can we get some background ambiance from you, Ty? I believe we have that at least more than we did last week. I'd like to see more of your apartments. Um, you see more? Here, I can do this. Watch this. There's a coat oh. tree. Is everybody excited by the coat tree in the corner? That's, that's, that's something. Got a couple ties hanging there. I leave the ties tied because I still struggle with a Windsor knot. Do you have to wear a tie to work every day? I do not. No, I okay. do not. Um, Just making if I, sure. If I continue over on this way, you can see the beer. Yeah. And you can see that's full length mirror on the back of your uh, of your door. That's an yep. adult move. Yep. Yep. Um, that was a Home Depot trip. Cool. And you can see there, there's an armband that I can put the uh, the iPhone in when I'm running. So it's a very exciting apartment as. And as you can tell, the walls are are still... What's above that door? I just saw something. That's a... Oh, it's just vents. It's just vents. The walls 
The walls are very classy. Yeah. You just moved in yesterday. That's right. Uh, last cake Uncle Joe Calaruso baked for you with his crazy dot art ability. Are you or baked in general for a celebration you were at? He baked one for fiance Kate. Oh, not for her birthday? He, I could probably pull it up here on the phone. So it was fiance nice. Kate's birthday mm-hmm. back in October. And uh, 25 years old. <laughs> her favorite Young movie. And beautiful as ever. Her favorite movie is um, Wizard of Oz. Wow. So okay. Put, put together a Wizard of Oz cake here. I can blow it up. I can show it to the camera. It's very is difficult. That why, are you guys honeymooning in Kansas? We're not honeymooning in Kansas. Okay. I don't know if you can see that. But, I can. Um, that's a cake. That's damn good. Yeah. So that's all dots. That's uh, that's Uncle Joe's masterful that's the last uh, creation. work. Yes. Okay. And he asked me the most nerve-wracking earthquake I've ever experienced 1994, the Northridge quake in L.A. I was sleeping on a bottom bunk in my room. I had my own room. I just like bunk beds. Sleeping on a bottom bunk. It was not the earthquake that scared me that much. It was scary, mind you. It's knowing that there were going to be aftershocks. And just like you're always like, oh, God, why is it? And just aftershock for like 24 to 48 hours. That was pretty harrowing and awful. And we had to move out of our house for a summer when our house had to be repaired and we moved into an apartment complex. Now, which is pretty cool because I could walk to a baseball card store and the popular Mexican chain restaurant, Al Capulco. One of the things that uh, Richard Rubenstein yep. mentioned when I was out in California this past January mm-hmm. was that your house is, is, so it's on the side of a hill pretty much. Yep. Yeah, it's on top of a hill, yeah. But your house is constructed in such a way that the beams go all the way down to the bedrock so you guys it goes out into there, bedrock you guys feel pretty secure in the event Correct. yeah the house has not slid down the mountain that's good that's very yeah good. Okay. next question from brian banks which playoff contender do you consider to be the most quote unquote complete team non-college football which sports do you follow both which sports do you both see i'm slurring after my half beer um do you both follow closely besides college football who's the most complete team to you right now most complete team got to go Mississippi State right now. I am disagreeing. Yeah. Why? T. C. Phew. Okay. I think TC is the most complete team in the country. When they are firing on all cylinders, they I think they at this point have the ability to beat more teams than anybody else in the country in more ways. I don't know if they're the team that's most likely to beat everybody in the country, but in terms of how they can win, I feel like they can win an ugly game. I feel like they could win a shootout. I could feel like they could win on the ground, through the air. Um, You know, I feel like they could drive down the field in a close game late. I have confidence in the varied strategies that they could employ. I'm going to say Mississippi State because I haven't seen TCU completely shut down a decent opponent true to date but and that that, that shutdown is a relative term shutdown's relative now you look at mississippi state mississippi state's had some closer games some closer yeah. you might expect but against some of the better competition on that schedule mississippi state jumped out to an early lead and the points that the opponent got were pretty much all in garbage time so yeah. i still trust that defense i think more than i trust tcu's defense and i trust that Dak prescott and Josh Robinson can find some way to score points. So um, right now I'm going to say Mississippi State, but 
the argument certainly for TCU is a pretty strong one. There, there's yeah, no yeah. in that. Yeah, Florida State's defense has taken a step back. Alabama, we've seen them struggle on offense some, but that that to me is the answer right there. But that's to me. Okay. Um, final question. This comes to us from Brendan McCauley. I almost said Brandon because I'm drunk. Um, how much longer will Sooner Nation hang on to Bob Stoops? And do either of you smoke the heady, heady chronic? I'll hang up and listen. Thanks. I don't know what that means. That means marijuana. No. Marijuana. First part of the question. Um, as long as Bob Stoops wants to be in Norman, Oklahoma should be thrilled to have him. Yes. There, as we've seen major, major programs, Michigan, Florida, um, sometimes coaches don't work out, sometimes coaches leave, and you don't always make the greatest hire, even if it seems like it is or will be. And Oklahoma has a coach who year in and year out is in the conversation for winning and beating anybody in the conference, as Oklahoma should have. And the Sooners are not at a point where they can be selfish because as good as Oklahoma has been these past couple decades, Norman, Oklahoma is not necessarily a destination place for major college football coaches. I would agree with that. And by the way, what's wrong with having a consistent nine or 10 win team? Nothing is wrong. He's won a national championship. He's won multiple big 12s. He's beaten everybody. So what? If people, if Oklahoma fans are getting tired of, of Bob Stoops, then Oklahoma fans need to step away from, as he puts it, the heady, heady chronic. You know, you can't, you can't win the national title every year. It's not realistic. No. It was realistic back in the days of, like, Newt Rockney, but right. that ain't happening anymore, specifically not in today's day and age when you've got a playoff. So – yeah, I, you need a reality check if you want to get rid of Bob Stoops. Now, I'll admit, this season's been a bit of a disappointment for me. They sure. haven't gotten the consistency out of Trevor Knight, out of some aspects of their defense that maybe we had thought. But um, still a pretty good team. Mm-hmm. I still think they they recruit well. They, they are obviously a contender year in and year out in the Big 12. Yeah, And one of these years, they're going to find their way into the playoff and make some noise, but it, it's still a healthy program. It would be different if the program weren't healthy. Like, right. if Oklahoma were Virginia Tech right now, I feel way differently. But they're not. Yeah. Oklahoma recruits well every year. They still they win do. games. They're still a contender in the Big 12. So to want to get rid of Bob Stoops simply because he doesn't win a national championship, to me, is it, it, it's – it's not a good argument. It's the same argument, by the way, that they try to make at Georgia with Mark Rick. Yeah. Rick is still a good coach. Now, he hasn't won the big game, per se. He hasn't won the national championship. However, he's won BCS games. Yeah. He's won plenty of things down there in Athens. So, yeah, I don't, I'm, never, I'm never really a fan of that. The grass is always greener on the other side. And I think if you've got a good coach like, like a Stoops, like a Rick, I think you hold on to him and hope that, yeah. hope that you get the right combination of parts to make it all, you know, turn into gold. Quick, who's your favorite coach in the Big 12 who has won consistently in conference over the past year, in a major conference over years and years and years that isn't named Bob Stoops? Yeah. Yeah, good luck. I can't do it. Charlie Strong won in smaller conferences. Bill Snyder has done it, but not with the consistency of Bob Stoops. Art Bryles hasn't done it fairly consistently over his tenure in Baylor. Um, Gundy's been very good, but nowhere near as good as Stoops in the long haul. Um I don't know who I'm forgetting at this point. Uh, Tech hasn't had it. 
Bob Stoops is the gold standard in the Big 12. And this is just, it's not, I don't think it's frustration. I think it's boredom. People are bored of nine yeah. and 10 wins and they want something better when coming with that comes the possibility that you get something worse or just slightly worse, which is maddening. Uh, any response to the second part of the question? Second part of the question? No, I'm not into that. It's not my thing. I'm, uh, I'm not too into it. No. It's not I, uh, I'm not against it. But I have a, a healthy appetite and ability to relax, and I giggle at things anyway. Um, I'm not into that. What was I? I won't, I won't put you on the spot asking you the last time. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember the last time I did it though. Uh, it was probably the better part of a couple of years ago. <laughs> if somebody walked in here right now with the vaporizer and asked me to take a hit, I'd be like, all right, not against it. No, I think it'd make the show fantastic. But now. Not for me, like to do consistently. No, um, not at all. Any other closing thoughts before we do our week twelve? God dang! Tomorrow we we we're week twelve already. Yeah, week wow. twelve preview tomorrow. Um, so I put I I didn't send you the sheet yet. Mm. But I put I put a handful of games on there. I saw. Are you releasing Easy Call a day early now? Are you doing it on Tuesdays? Yeah, we do a quicker version that allows us to sort of streamline the post production and get it out on Tuesdays. Okay. okay. So, yeah, I mean, I looked over the games. I still have three to go through in a, in a little more detail. Right. Um, for me personally, not buying Florida State over Miami, not at all. Wow. Uh, though I do think Miami could hang with them for a little bit. You mean you're not uh, buying Miami over Florida State? What did I, did I say? Yeah, the, other said way? the other way around. Yeah. Not not buying not buying Miami over Florida State. Okay. I, I like I Florida State in that game. Um, what else have we got? We've See got, that to uh, me is that to me is a um a what's it called game, uh, a champion game. I get to play R. Kelly when I call that correctly. Oh right. right. I had I had the Oklahoma State Baylor last season. It's just you know it's my I got to get my uh, Robert Kelly game in there. Robert. I have I have no idea whatsoever about. Georgia Auburn. Georgia Auburn's gonna be good. Wisconsin, Nebraska I went back and forth on a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got we've got about six games that we're gonna discuss tomorrow. And then we'll Maybe you do. I've got like some. forty. Well, there are forty games, but there are six big ones I think that we'll focus on. Yeah. Otherwise, I do have one other message here. Oh, what do you got for me? Let me pull up the emails. I've got this uh, from Nolan. He sent Nolan. this verbal at gmail.com. Ooh, good address. He says, um, I have a, he signs his name as Noel the Noel, mm. which is fitting. He says, I have a question. How do you help, or how do you teach your girlfriend sports? In a recent Q&A, you talked about whether or not it's appropriate to bring a date to a sporting event, and it got right. me thinking. I'm a college sports fanatic. Yeah. I want nothing more than spending my Saturdays in front of my TV, no matter mm. what the game excluding anything involving the average Big Ten offense, of course. Right. been dating my girlfriend for close to a year now. She's already seen that crazy sporting side of me, i.e. FSU Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, she still wants to be with me. That's a good nice. thing. He says, so the next logical step is that even though she knows very little about how football works, I have to teach her so she can at least watch and understand and hopefully eventually enjoy it. Right. Like, is what's the best way to go about this without overwhelming her or making her frustrated? Um, first of all, I, I would like to say that this also applies to boyfriends. 
that don't know anything about college football and that ladies would yeah. like to inform their boyfriends and yeah. whatever combination thereof. Um, so significant other and learning to appreciate a sporting passion, particularly college football. Um, I would say don't, I'd say the key would be to not talk down, to not talk down to somebody like they're dumb because there is nothing dumber than college football. (laughs) A lot of it doesn't make sense. So I would just turn it on and let the natural questions flow. I wouldn't try to, to say, okay, this is how this works, and this is how this works, because you're going to miss action, and then you're going to have to start explaining other stuff. Just let the action transpire and see what questions arise organically. Um, And then maybe at commercials, you give some perspective to what you just watched and what might happen coming up after the commercials and what the sort of general feel of a game at this point would be. I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't try to narrate. I wouldn't try to do play-by-play. No, don't do playbook. I actually have the the correct answer for this question. That wasn't the correct answer? That was a great answer, Dan. Okay. It's a great answer. I I have the correct answer, though. Okay. The correct answer is to find a fun fact, find an interesting fact, basically focus on anything other than the actual rules of football. I'm okay with focusing on the rules of football. I'm saying don't focus on the rules of football. Why? Find, find an interesting – here's why. Find an interesting fact about a player, about a coach, about a team. Okay. You pick out You pick out in advance. The human well, element. Pick out the human element. Pick out a reason in advance why your significant other should or shouldn't root for a team. Right. And give them that reason up front. If you give okay. them that reason up front, if you're convincing, you give them a sense of ownership right away. Give them a sense of ownership right away. They're either in, they're not in on a story. If you can dictate who they're rooting for, you can use that then as the conduit to explain the rules, to explain what's happening, sure. to explain why you should continue rooting for a team. What I found in these situations is that whether or not they actually understand what's happening. Now, of course, in fiance Kate's case, she comes from a, a long You, you want to make this very clear. <laughs> Yeah, I want to make this very clear. Crystal clear, not applying to her. No, a long-storied football family. She understands the rules. But in the event where someone doesn't understand the rules, that's okay. It doesn't matter if they don't understand the rules. You just want to make sure you're rooting for the same side. Mm -hmm. I think that's where the human element comes into play. Find the fun fact, present that up front, and use that as the the way in. All right. I I slightly disagree, but... uh, I think, that's, I think that's totally reasonable. I, I think to never just the, the big thing would be to never assume that somebody is not capable of picking yeah. things up, that they don't, that they need a special way to look at the game because everybody looks at it in their own special way. Um, cool. I think we, I think we're, we're having some common ground there. Yeah, I like it. How are you? How's life? I'm, I'm doing well, Dan. Yeah. I'm doing well. Yeah. How's I'm, wedding I'm, planning? Well, actually after I, uh, after I sign off with you, yeah, we're going to make our way over to Wegmans. Mm-hmm. We're going to meet the uh, wonderful fiance Katie, and okay. uh, we're going to continue our wedding planning. I believe on the agenda this evening. Wait, is, you're doing it at a supermarket? On occasion, we'll get together at Wegmans. Okay, I'll bring the laptop, the same laptop I'm using to uh, to video myself. Yep, and we will work through a list that we've created. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, we're going to work through that list a little bit more tonight. We're going to use it as like our planning session to figure out what we need to do this week. Again, why at a supermarket? Because it's close. It's comfortable. We could drink beer there. Okay, so there are tables. There are t- oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, we're not going to do this in like aisle 12. I, I was going to say like, yeah, we're going to Wegmans and we're going to knock out oh, some no. wedding planning. Like, no, well, no. I feel like you could use a desk somewhere. No, no, no. no Wegmans, Wegmans has us covered. Okay. So we're going to go over there. We're going to discuss some things. I believe the topic on the agenda. Before, yeah, on the agenda tonight, honeymoon. Mm, what are your thoughts? Leaning somewhere in the Caribbean. Okay. I mean, it's hard to go wrong. Somewhere in the Caribbean. So like a St. Lucia. I heard good things about Puerto Rico. I heard great things about Bermuda. Um, originally thought Hawaii, but that might be a little too pricey. Right. So leaning like St. Lucia. People have suggestions. I would love to hear suggestions on this because so I'm you are- it's all very, very expensive. And I'm sort of a cheapskate. So, um, yeah, it's tough for me to digest at this point. Right. So you are a, a re- looking for a relaxing lay down honeymoon rather than an explore and see new things, sightsee, touristy, you know, explore the Coliseum, explore the ruins of something. Well, yeah, I mean, I get bored on the beach after 15 minutes. Yeah. So Caribbean, I feel like that doesn't really line up with your, your preferences. That's why we're going to Wegmans. We need to work all this out. Fine. Um, we're going to work on that. I think we're also going to work on the attire. Yeah, that's what I was. That was my next question. What, where were you at with? Are you going to yeah. go? So, can I make a suggestion? Yes, please. I'd love a suggestion. I would not necessarily go with the tux if I were you. Okay. Take it from somebody who has never been married. Okay. I would go with something that is black tie, but maybe some sort of customized custom suit, a custom made suit. Like in My Cousin Vinny, okay. Like in My Cousin Vinny or in every other realm where somebody wears a custom-made suit. Right. That will last you, that you know, that you will stand out in a room with. You know, you do a black tie thing, you do whatever. You do. You can do the tux thing I, or the, the bow tie thing, whatever. I think you'd look sharp in a custom-made dark suit with okay. you know, some sort of uh, slim black tie something that sort of balances the sort of traditional with the modern. The original plan was to go with like a charcoal gray suit because the bridesmaids dresses are going to be like a purple right. kind of color. I've been in no less than like six weddings at this point. Right. I have a real hard time with paying $120 for a tuxedo that I'm going to take back the next day by like 1130 AM. Yeah. So my initial thought is, Let's do the suit thing. Let's find a but cool I, suit. I would go big with it. I would get custom made. Everything custom. Well, see, I can't pay for everyone's suit. Oh, so that's the, true. The problem no, I, is that I got to try and keep it relatively inexpensive, as inexpensive as I can. Well, you don't need last. to match them specifically. I don't need to match them, but I want to try and keep it, uh, you know, keep it relatively inexpensive. So I, I am soliciting all suggestions at this point. Um, I believe the plan is to go to like Joseph A. Bank and get the buy one, get three free deal if possible. Uh, but we're going to see what's available. We're going to see what's available. For them or for you? For them. Okay. It's be for them and me. We're all going to match. I'm, oh, I just finished saying you don't need to match. We don't need to, but I want to. I would say. Maybe a different tie, but otherwise. Get them the Joseph A. Bank. They're forgettable. 
I would say go bigger than Joseph A. Bank for your wedding day. Okay. Well, I we'll would see. say we'll I'm still trying to figure this out, Dan. That, and nice suits are not expensive. I would also say. No, not really. You go Macy's. Not, there are all sorts of options. I I wouldn't go Macy's. I would go slightly nicer than that. But I'm I'm not even. I would say you can you can spend hundreds of dollars to have a really nice suit. Um, I feel like you as a celebrity. The Joseph A. Bank is beneath you. No. That's what Joseph, I'm going to say right now. Joseph A. Bank's a good deal, man. Oh, it's a fantastic deal. I just don't, I was, want, I don't want your pants to melt off of you during the ceremony. Oh, no. when I, hey, when I was in Hawaii, the wedding I was in out in Hawaii, we did the Joseph A. Bank deal. I still wear that suit everywhere. So that was really? a good suit. Yeah, it was a good suit. It was a good deal. I'm not saying it's the highest quality suit in the world, but I don't need that. I'm not. For I'm your not wedding day, I think you do. Eh, I don't I need that. I feel like you do. Ty, I, if you, I if you have one day, day to shine, one day to shine, one day to pop, and I, again, the suit will last you, I feel like you go bigger. I, I shine every day, Dan. I can't imagine you're paying a ton in rent, as I, <laughs> I myself am losing my life savings by living in New York. Yeah, well, we'll see. So anyway, those, those are the two main things. All on right. The well, gonna you're going to have to keep us posted for next week. I will. I will. We'll talk about it next week. Cool. That's all I got. You got anything that's, else? That's all I got. Solidverbal at gmail.com, at SolidVerbal on Twitter, yep. uh, Facebook.com slash SolidVerbal. Does that slash sound right to you? Yeah. We're working on Google Plus, too, but we haven't figured that out yet. So Yeah, it's impossible. That's all I got. That's, I mean, I am, we, should we Snapchat? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like. Is that, can we do, are we young enough to do Snapchat? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like what would I, I say? What would I send? I don't even know I've what sent, I'd send. I've sent like three or four snaps in my life. Nothing dirty, just you know, events that I film and then I send to the people. Yeah. The people. I created a vine the other day. I don't know what we. How'd you feel about that? I mean, I didn't use it yet. Oh, uh, you didn't make a vine. You just. I mean, like no, I made like a solid verbal vine oh, account, no. but I don't. I don't know like what I'm going to use it for. Here's what. Here's what I'm going to. Here's my final request. Yeah. People watching this should either should take advantage of our various avenues: Facebook, Twitter, Gmail, um, whatever. Yeah. They should let us know. They should contact you specifically with their thoughts on what the best possible solution for your attire at your spring wedding should be. Okay. Well, so I should add that the bridesmaids' dresses have already been selected. So. What color? They're purple. Okay. They're, they're a purple color. So um, I believe since this is a visual medium on the YouTubes, yeah. there's a comment section down there. Down Comments, below. Comment below. Yeah. Facebook, Twitter, Gmail, whatever. Let us know what your thoughts are on the classiest and most modern but also traditional thing, how Ty could straddle those sensibilities. There it is. There it is. All right. You got anything else, Dan? No, that is literally everything I have to say. All right. Well, this has been fun. Again, this is our second week of doing it. I, I believe this time we're going to try and post the audio for people who want to go back and listen to it. Um, last mm -hmm. week, we had some problems with the, uh, the quality this week. Hopefully, we've worked all that out. So it may not be what you're used to, but still, it should be a lot better than what we had uh, a week ago. Correct. Back over there is Dan Rubenstein. You done with that beer yet? No, I have about an inch and a half. Here we go. I'm going to kill it right yeah, now. I'm going to kill mine. Ah, done. The wolf has been slayed on this. Uh, for that guy over there, Mr. Dan Rubenstein in beautiful New York City. 
For myself, Ty Hillebrand here in good old Eastern PA. Thanks again for tuning in to the Solid Verbal Q&A Episode 2. We will be with you in audio-only format tomorrow to preview all of Week 12. In the meantime, enjoy your evening, enjoy your week, enjoy all your college football games. Find us on Facebook, on FanCred, and of course on Twitter. And in the meantime, by all means, stay solid. Peace!